Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres get ready to wrap up their latest series up in Toronto. And even though it's an early, early game, our host Mike Janella is bringing the energy. Crazy jacked up live Padres SH is fun. Alongside Mike, it's Bob Scanlon, who might seem like a wardrobe snob, but is cool with you no matter what you're wearing. Whether you have a old football jersey or not right whether you have a hawaiian print shirt or not whether you have a tuxedo or not and rounding out the crew it's bill center who unlike the padres will never break his streak of never going to toronto i never enjoyed airports travel i hate airports now coming to you from the amr studio inside the western metal supply company building it's padre social hour with your hosts mike janella bob scanlon and bill center Happy Wednesday. Good morning. And good thing Bill didn't have to travel far to come down here for a Padres social hour this morning. How you guys doing? Fabulous. How are you? Great. I'm doing great. Talk We're here morning. in the AMR studio. Yeah, whether you're enjoying us uh, over breakfast or at work already. Hey, we hey, have breakfast. Right Thanks for right jumping right. in. So Bob brought donuts. Now, Bill gives me a hard time for not bringing donuts. Absolutely. And Bob actually ruined. I had a surprise for you guys. I was trying to you know, be, be a good host and help us lead our best lives. And so instead of donuts, I actually had planned on bringing you guys some, some nice delicious fruit to get us started on a oh, healthy foot. Oh, no. I mean, that's no? thoughtful no. of you. I appreciate and that. And you want the donuts instead? What kind of, right. what oh, kind of, are you kidding? What kind of guys Bill? are these? Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to have another donut Which here one do you want? I got chocolate and a glaze left. Uh, I'm taking the chocolate. It's what you? Okay, I'll go glazed. Okay. I'm glazed right now. Here no, I, I am trying to help that, these guys. That, and, and or, yeah, yeah. that or fruit. Yeah, I, mean, I got some bananas, some apples, Bill? ripe, yeah. freshly hey. picked. Um, yeah, donut. Uh, yeah, sorry. You guys. This is going to get us through the show. No mental health covers on this set. Hey, <laughs> 8.30 in the morning, donuts and a Coca-Cola. Bill Center's uh, guide to life. Yeah. Wow. And you told us before the show, your doctor tells you you've got perfect health <laughs> well, for I'm, all these yeah, eating I'm habits. I'm in pretty good shape. And uh, he's always surprised. My cholesterol has always been good. I, I don't have – and he just sort of always has gotten on me as to what the heck are you doing? It, that's the secret. Coke and donuts. So. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, so, sign everyone up. Him, I got proof positive right next to There you here. go. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, health, we do – we mentioned yesterday, Annie Halliburton was supposed to be here this morning. Uh, she called in sick, had a, a pretty bad fever, she said. Oh. So, hey, Annie, hope you get better. Best wishes get for better, you. Get better, Annie. Yeah, yep. sleep. We'll save your donut. Chicken we'll noodle soup. Donuts. Yeah, you. save your donut. Uh, but we do – Dip uh, it in the we chicken do wish Annie <laughs> the best. <laughs> there you go. Doctor's <laughs> orders. Dr. Bill. Um, 9.37 a.m. That's the first pitch today. Luis Perdomo against R.A. Dickey. Uh, that should be some fun. Uh, we'll talk some more trades. We'll talk a bunch of stuff that's going on today. But uh, first things first, uh, not, you know, we're having a good time with the donuts. Was not a good time watching that game Ooh. yesterday. Uh, 12 inning, a walk-off heartbreaker, uh, 7 to 6. I mean, the bullpen. And uh, Mike Grace was on the show yesterday pretty prophetically. We were talking about the home run streak that's going on now and asking if you lose any enjoyment as a fan following that because of the losses. And Grace actually said, the way the bullpen is pitching, we're not going to win many games, so I'm going to take enjoyment where I can. And then later on, wouldn't you know, after the bullpen does a good job in holding it late, then super late, things just fall apart. I mean, Carlos Villanueva, what's the deal? Uh, yeah, I, he's got <laughs> nothing right now. I mean, 
the no velocity, no movement on the ball, and that's a like we were talking about earlier. That's a bad combination. Bad combination. You know what else? Yesterday, he could not get the ball to the outside corner on a right-hand batter. He tried 15 times, right. 15 consecutive pitches right. where he's trying to get to that outside corner, and he just couldn't do it. It was up. It was middle. It was off the plate. It was it, down in the ground. Yeah. So it's not. A, you don't have to throw hard to be successful in the big leagues. We all know that. Right. But right now, he has not have the ability to locate any of his pitches off speed or fastball and that is a real real desperate situation when you're standing on that mound and you know it I mean you're trying to get there your catcher he's sitting out there giving you this huge target and the whole world knows you got to get the ball down there and you simply can't do it and so it's it, it is what it is and it's been not to say that uh, this first group of guys is uh, the Kansas City Royals you know back end of the rotation from last year but you have hand for the most part, Bookter, Mauer, that's kind of your, your most reliable guys. But then you have this underbelly that's just, it's a Jekyll and Hyde bullpen. And we saw once you go past nine innings, they can get pretty exposed. Um, Villanueva, I looked this stat up yesterday. So uh, as of June 24th, that's when his ERA was the lowest it was this season, 3-2-0. He had allowed just one earned run in 12 appearances total. Since then, he's had nine appearances. Only once has he not been charged with a run. Yeah. It's like he saw ghosts. What ha I mean... Is yeah. it just getting tired? Is 19 it going runs and 10 and a third innings. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's a combination of you start getting tired, you start having some bad outings, you start losing your confidence, and the bad outings lead to more bad outings because you start getting more fatigued, especially right. here in the summertime with an older player. And I saw him in, in Washington. He, he didn't throw poorly. He did a nice job. And there have been a couple of outings where he's actually sucked up some nice innings for right. the ball club. So th where he went to three innings yeah, in Washington. Yeah. Right. Hit, so it has right. been all bad, but the ones that have been bad have certainly – you know, been gas can type outings. And, uh, you know, the question now becomes, and we were chatting about this a little bit before the show, what do you do? Do you try to write it out? Is there something left? Can he still give you two or three innings when you need it? Do you need to make a move? Is it worth making a 40-man roster move at this point? What do you do? Do you move him? I mean, if you keep him, I think you've got to make him your long guy in a lost cause and just know that He's going to eat up innings, but right. you really can't trust him anywhere else. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because we saw Brandon Maurer come into that ball game early yesterday. Right. You know, I was thinking I, I raised the question uh, going into the bottom of that: Do you do you let him start that third inning in a row? I mean, I can't. Now, I, I, yeah, right, I don't but, think so. But yeah. I mean, that's old school Raleigh fingers goose gossip. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and right. they're definitely not old school anymore. It's and I right. think Brandon Maurer, you don't want to risk injuring that guy. Right. You know, at this point, so it's although he didn't have a lot of pitches. No, but still, innings. it's that third inning of right. getting loose, getting up, right. you know, sitting down, the, the whole shebang. It's yeah, two innings was plenty, but it was interesting because it reaches a point as a manager where you say, look, the only guys left are the two long guys, and. I'm going to give myself two innings to try to win this ball game, and Brandon Maurer's done a great job. He did his job. Right. But if there's any question that the last three outs of a ball game are different than the other outs of the ball game, just look at last night's game. Uh, I mean, you're aside, absolutely right. aside from right. what Carlos Villanueva may or may not be able to do with a baseball right now, it's different, and that's why closers are valued, and that's why managers try to keep them towards the end of the game. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even Clemens, and not saying he came into uh, a walk in the park, but you still had your chance with the lead, even with the mess Villanueva had left him, to try and get out of that, minimizing the damage, but still escaping with either a tie game or a lead, and that couldn't happen either. So two guys for three outs just didn't work. Nope. Yeah. Hate to second get. would you have started Clemens that inning? Uh, possibly, but again, you're, you're hoping that you can get some innings out of Villanueva at that point. And it just gets to the point where you, you can't anymore. Right. Know? And, we, and we don't know what might be going in the back of his mind. And he might be saying, look, cash isn't going to be part of this ball club. 
pretty soon. I need another starter. I don't want to start using up Clemens out of the pen unnecessarily. Right. But it reaches a point where I've got to to try to win this game. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you've got a two-run lead. Right. Villanueva's averaged almost two runs an inning that he's given up. But it's only three outs, Bill. Yeah. We only need three <laughs> right. outs, right? Come on. Hey. That math does not bode well, though. <laughs> two-run lead and right. he gives up two right. for outing. <laughs> right. That ain't good. But, I mean, yeah, it's only it's one inning. I but know. it's the toughest inning there is, and that's why – you know, people always talk about, oh, closers just come in for that one inning. But that is psychological warfare. No doubt. And, and, and he's in a tough spot. He's trying, right. to, he's trying to win a game, manage a game, and also managing a, a pitching staff right. and knows things that we don't even know about possible roster moves, who's available, who's not. Right. And uh, I, I think for the most part, and we've talked about this before, Nick Canepa keeps giving him an A on, on the managing thing. And I don't disagree. Because Andy Green that says, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, and you just watch how he's handled his bullpen, especially for a young manager. I think for the most part he's done a right. really, really fine job hey and speaking of closers yeah. you know this you've seen really good relievers in your time yeah that when you put them in that closer role just fold guys don't want it no There's there, some guys are, there are some guys that don't want that position when i was in milwaukee we had three guys all vying for that last spot coming out of spring training and one of the guys were standing in the outfield and we're talking about it and it, it's two guys fighting for the same spot i'm thinking right you know, I casually bring up, hey, it's going to be interesting to see what decision they make in, the, in, that, in that closer spot. And the guy flat out tells me, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Dec you know, like, decision made. Okay, there I've you go. got a good now, career going. He would never have said that to the, to the organization or right. to the skipper or anything. But in the outfield to his friends. That's right. It was like, <laughs> hey, man, I don't want that role. Go ahead, take it. I, so, there not, was, not everybody wants to be there. There was a pitcher years ago after, uh, right after uh, when Hoffy was injured the one year yeah. that was really good seventh, eighth inning pitcher, and they put him in the closer role, and he could not handle it at all. It's not the same. No. It's a, it's a mental aspect, and it's just three outs like any other inning on paper, but uh -uh. in the no, actuality, no, yeah. sir. Uh, a lot of people, I was putting this out on Twitter yesterday, uh, just blaming it on fatigue, and it's true. The Padres, I looked this up, they're 22nd in the bigs in innings pitched by their starters. Oh, yeah. They're fourth in innings pitched by their relievers. Uh, there are some good bullpens that are also in that top six or eight that are putting up good numbers, but then it comes down to talent. If the talent's not there and you're overexposing it, Bad formula. Yeah, it's not going to work. We've seen right. that out of the starting rotation. All your guys not being able to go very deep. Go so every night, right. you know, look, like Andy's got Andy Green's got to find a way to suck up three innings almost every single night. A four sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, so sometimes it's three at a Right. I think the average is right. just a little over five innings yeah. a game. And a lot of people That's too. Uh, yesterday on the actual the winning pitch, uh, most obviously, but a couple other times as well. There were three wild pitches yesterday. Uh, how much blame yeah. you put on Derek Norris behind the plate? Were those pitches he should have, could have blocked? I think some of them could yes. be blocked. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you are putting a little bit of the onus on that defeat on his shoulders yesterday. He's got yeah, and some there, there was no advancement, and he and he didn't block. It just didn't bounce far enough away to to get through. He's got it. Yeah, you've got to block pitches. That is the one thing. I mean, the stats this year say he's dramatically improved. You know, defensive runs saved. He's tops in, in the bigs and catching. But the blocking pitches does seem to still be the one the one Achilles heel. Defensive metrics, and you just throw them in the trash as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so this is where the eye test yesterday is right. over, overriding oh, yeah. some of those stats for and you guys. That, and that throw on the steal from the knees that sailed in the center, that wasn't uh, – yeah, not good. I thought uh, I thought him throwing from the knees was something we left back in April and May, but right. uh, yesterday he did try and uncork one, and that's exactly oh, what he, he did. He one. uncorked it a little too much, exactly. Uh, no, and it ended up being uh, that Paul Clemens uh, could not get there on time on the, the final wild pitch, which ended up winning that game for the Blue Jays, and now the Padres simply looking instead of a rubber match today to escape Toronto uh, on their plane instead of on the, the bristles of a broom. I hate self-inflicted losses. And our, but yeah, actually, you know, that the is, worst kind. that's a great yeah. call. Yeah. That's the – 
Right. But honestly, like that our, Seattle where you had the 10-run lead and they yeah. just blew up. I hate those. Bill, as much baseball as you've seen in your life, are more games won or are more games lost? More games are lost. I agree. I agree. More often than not, right. when you go back through it, there's right. something that the losing team could have done, whether lack of execution, not making a basic play, not turning it up, whatever it may be. Right. And more, it, it oftentimes it comes down to which team makes the fewest number of mistakes in a ball game, as opposed right. to just a clean game and somebody wins that game. See, right. But the stats would say that it's equal. The same number of games have been won as lost, if you look in the wins and loss. That's a joke. It's a math thing. These guys are not laughing. <laughs> Nothing. <Yeah. laughs> Enjoy yeah, your that donuts. That's the same one that's yeah, giving yeah, uh, yeah, right, yeah. the gold glove to, to yeah. Derek Norris. Enjoy right your day. I just put the numbers out there. I'm not saying, you know, I believe them or not. Just putting out <laughs> the facts. Hey, guys, we're going to come back and do a little role play. How did Andrew Kashner do yesterday? We'll talk to these guys about that. We also have today's pitching matchup. We're going to go down on the farm at some point with Bill today, talk about some of the exciting weeks the prospects have had. Uh, don't tempt me, Bob. I've got a show to run. The donuts are for later. Uh, we also want you guys to chime in. Hashtag PadresSH. Whatever you want. Let us know you're watching on this early morning morning Padres social hour. There's also the chat happening as always at Padres.com slash social hour. And make sure when the Padres come back here on Friday, just a couple of days away, that you're here too. It's Party in the Park presented by Southwest Airlines. You'll have a chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas with airfare from Southwest and amenities provided by Las Vegas. It's a Vegas-themed happy hour before the Padres take on the Reds at 740. Get your tickets at Padres.com slash Party. We're doing some Andrew Kashner role play when we come back. You don't want to miss that. This is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. We are back here bright and early in the AMR studios. Thanks for joining us. Some rumblings here at Petco Park as everyone gets their day started. We've already covered yesterday's game. How about today? Do you want to do a quick pitching matchup? Love Let's do it. Here. Let's check yeah. it out. Uh, brought to you by Water and Sports Physical Therapy, the official physical therapists of the San Diego Padres. Now, you couldn't really have two more different pitchers on the hill today. <laughs> You've got Perdomo, a 23-year-old Rule 5 rookie, all sinkers, still finding his way. You've got R.A. Dickey, who's 38, the knuckleballer, a Cy Young on his shelf at home, 14 years in the bigs. Uh, their numbers... Uh, I mean, Dickey, pretty much this is what he's getting every year. Perdomo, uh, the numbers for the season, not really saying the story of what he's done lately. Uh, but, Bob, I mean, you don't see a knuckleballer that often. What's the secret? Forget Perdomo for a second. How do you actually hit Dickey if you're the Padres? You know, the old adage I think holds true. If it's low, let it go. If it's high, let it fly. In right. other words, if you see the ball coming in low in the strike zone, you better let that one go because it's going to be dancing. The bottom is going to drop right out of it. If you see it high, though, up in the zone, that's the one that may hang there for you that you can catch up to, and there's nothing tastier and fatter than a, for a hitter right. than a hanging knuckleball. You know, R.A. Dickey in this prime is a knuck had the knuckleball, but he also had a fastball True. in this prime. Yeah. And I that was one of the few times I ever saw that combination yeah. of a knuckleball and a fastball, and that has, that has to be a devastating combination. Yeah, and he still throws the knuckleball about 10 miles an hour harder than any other right. traditional knuckleball. It was knuckleball a fast knuckle, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it was a vicious combination. Who still is the, at times. Who had the greatest knuckleball you were that uh, you Well, the, that I ever faced, a guy named Rich Sever, who was actually a, only a part-time big league guy. But the reason I say it was the nastiest one that I ever saw is because I was trying to, to bunt against him one time, and, and I'm chasing the knuckleball <laughs> all over the place. Trying to swat a fly. fly. Yeah. And it hits me right in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's what you get for trying to bunt yeah. on the knuckleball. And I actually shouldn't have been awarded the base because I was still trying to bunt it, really. It you were have been making a swing your attempts. It just caught me in a 
sensitive spot, and the umpire <laughs> took pity on me. And he goes, go ahead, take your base. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What was his name, Rich? Was yeah, it? Rich Sabur. Rich, well, Rich, if yeah. you're watching, uh, you got Bob, yeah, but yeah. he still remembers you to this day. I still day. remember that pitch. Um, and, for <laughs> and for Domo, I mean, the ERA is right around three and a half. I think three six two his last five starts. So it continues yeah. to improve, and a good challenge for him today. See if he can get the Padres all on a happy flight back uh, south Whoa, of the nice. border. Yeah, it would be, very much so. All right, that's the pitching matchup brought to you by Water and Sports Physical Therapy, San Diego's leader in aquatic and land therapy with seven convenient locations. Visit waterandsportspt.com. All right, guys, one of the key elements to keep any relationship, you know, spicy and new and fresh is a little bit of role play, right? You always hear that. <laughs> so let's do that today in this oh morning, God, this morning edition. Does our relationship <laughs> need some spicing yeah, up, Bill? I don't even want to <laughs> You go brought there. the donuts. We've got some fruit. I mean, we're trying I to do everything enough, we can you know? to, keep, yeah, uh, to keep this donuts are good. going. Right, yeah, that's right. a good start. So Andrew Kashner yesterday in what may be his final performance as a Padre ends up with a typical Andrew Kashner start. Six innings, three earned. Had four hits allowed, three walks, six Ks, occasional bouts of brilliance, occasional bouts of making you wonder, why hasn't this guy figured it out? So with all the trade rumors swirling around him, you're each going to take a turn playing someone. And I'm going to start with you, Bill. I want you to play the role of A.J. Preller. After this start yesterday, you are calling fellow GMs, those who have been interested in Whoa, Andrew okay. Kashner, and you're trying to say, look at this, look at what he did, this is why you want him, this is why we should be getting all your top prospects back for him. Tell me what case you're making after what you saw yesterday. Well, one, I'd say the slider is sharp again, the changeup is there, and I'd say, look, I think this is a guy who is going to absolutely blossom with a change of scenery. He's had two really rough years here I think if he gets out of San Diego, changes scenery with a good ball club, he's going, he's going to blossom again. Bob, on the counter-argument, I want you to play now an opposing GM, Orioles GM, Giants, Marlins, whoever. Okay. And uh, you've just fielded this call from, from Bill Preller here, <laughs> and you are seeing the same game he saw yesterday, but you are saying, ah, maybe not so much. Maybe the asking price shouldn't be this high. Maybe we're not that interested. What did you see yesterday? That's a cause for concern. Yeah, Bill, you know, we like the player – our scouts tell us that uh, he's certainly thrown the ball well the last couple of days, but we still have some concerns. We're not sure if we're going to get the Andrew Kashner that we saw a couple of outings ago, the guy that we saw yesterday that makes some mistakes in the zone and actually gives up a few runs. And plus, I don't know if he's going to have a hamstring problem. I don't know if the neck problem is going to show up again or if that shoulder is going to blow out. All three of those things are possibilities. They have been over the last four or five years. This is a, a two-month rental for us, yeah. Bill. You know, I, I just can't go where, where, where you need to go. Actually, I agree with you. <laughs> that was too easy. Bill hangs, up the, it on me. Bill hangs up the phone, and he's done. Darn. Uh, great, I'm getting him for free. No. Send him on over. But, you know, you, those are all valid concerns. I do yeah. think that he's going to be better in his next stop than he is here. I don't disagree. And I think that – and to, to Cash's credit – I've been amazed at how well he's been able to throw, given all the turmoil and rumors that have been hanging over his head. It's not easy to do. It's very easy to get distracted, and yet he's actually had some of his best right. outings in a row here. He thought he was going to be gone before the All-Star. Oh, yeah. Well, he walked into the clubhouse in Washington the other day, and he's pretty, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm still here. Right. You know, and jokingly, but everybody understands right. but everybody, that's what's going right. on. Right. And you've been yeah. there. You've seen yeah. that before. And, and some guys collapse. Oh, it, well, yeah. Mike Grace yesterday thinks it's actually the opposite, that because of Kashner's, he called him a red tail, uh, the you know, PG uh, <laughs> vocabulary on the show, but that all these rumors are kind of putting a chip on his shoulder. Oh, you want to deal me? Well, this is what you're going to be missing kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, and, and we 
heard about this uh, several years ago, Bill, where there was some animosity between him and the ball club in terms of some contract right. negotiations right. that were going on. So I don't think that it's all been a lovey-dovey relationship. No, and, and there is no way he's coming back. And right. that's, another, right. that's another chip yeah. that, uh, I mean, that teams yeah. have. That yeah. There's no way he's coming back here. Right. He's gone. And I think you're right, though. I think he is a guy that, that – performs better when he's out to try to show something you know right. and I think he's doing that right now and that's fine it's good for him it's good for the Padres if they can get a little bit more because he's pitching well here down the stretch uh it's all good and I hey wish him the best and I hope he actually goes to a, a team either the Rangers or the Astros and I've heard the Rangers are interested right. because he, <laughs> he's a Texan he's he a Texas guy right. he loves Texas and, and there's and a lot of reasons for yeah. him to be close to home absolutely right yeah definitely a lot of right. personal reasons yeah. so. and uh it's interesting uh, AJ Preller yesterday saying you know if we don't get what we're looking for in a deal we expect him to be a great member every five days of our rotation can you imagine if after all this Andrew Kasher ends up still being here and pitching for the Padres next I find week it highly unlikely however let, right. let's say for whatever reason other teams and, and the thing that that AJ's got going for him really is there's not a whole lot of starting pitching out there right now. Right, there's a ton of outfielders. Sellers market for and the sure. The fact that AJ was actually able to move Melvin Upton Jr. Considering how many outfielders are available out there, right, it's pretty impressive. And in fact, I'll go far as to say that I think AJ's job, what he's been doing over the last few months in terms of bringing on the prospects, making some of these trades, I agree. is every bit as more impressive than what he did a couple of years ago when he was the Plus, you know, young think, rock star. I think what know, he's doing now is under the table rock stars. And I think that you had to move Melvin Upton just so players down below see a chance that it's just not yeah. going to be the same three guys all right. year. There is an opening. Yeah, uh, He's not part of your future. I think, yes – did they eat some money? Absolutely. But you had to move him. You didn't need him coming back next year. Right. But the point is, not a whole lot of starting pitching out there, which right. may help him. Question. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't get traded, do you give him a qualifier? Yeah, great qu yeah, great question right there. And I was thinking about that this morning. And, right. and you can argue it both ways. Yes, you can. And, you know. you could and, be and, and we have yeah, on yeah, this show. Yeah. Uh, I am tempted to only because I believe that somebody out there will – probably offer him a two-year deal that mm -hmm. he would say thanks for the qualifying one but i am out of san diego i'm out of here emotionally i need to be out of here physically and i'm going to get a two-year guaranteed with somebody else right. i do give him a qualifying offer because i know yeah. he's not going to take it yeah I, I think that's that's a pretty compelling all right well that'll be uh we'll dedicate a segment to that if yeah. he's still here uh <laughs> after uh, next monday yeah. so how we'll uncomfortable see. would that be yeah <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> awkward uh yeah july 27th today and we'll see uh what happens before that uh that august 1st deadline uh, we ran a poll yesterday on the melvin upton trade uh do you like it it was simple yes or no do you like the trade 55 percent yes 45 percent no Who who was in the 45% no? Yeah. People that don't like giving away a 25-25 guy, oh, evidently. Okay. People that don't get what's going on. Or the, or the, or, or the money, maybe not not being big fans of paying off that much of the contract or eating that much of the contract. You were stuck with the remainder of that contract no matter what. What right. they've done is they've been able to move a player that they wanted to move last year, and they actually saved $5 billion in the process to make room for the guys that they really want to have play, which are Alex Dickerson and Travis Jankowski. And, I don't see and get an here. arm. I mean, and you do need arms. Look yeah, at, no, yeah, the fact that they got something right. also in the yeah. process, it's a, again, it, it goes under, hey, AJ, <laughs> yeah. wherever my camera is. Bob is not <laughs> worthy, yeah, bowing <laughs> down to AJ Pro. No, I, I totally agree. I, yeah, every, I saw the tweets yesterday, this is a terrible deal. No, you had, you had to move him. You had to get him out of yeah. here. Given what you're doing, 
keeping him and having him maybe come back next year made no sense. You know what's stunning to me? That that right there tells me that there's 45% of the public out there that really doesn't see the long-term plan that's going on yeah, right now. That is a little bit, yeah. Which uh, s- stuns me, especially the people that are on the social media because they're watching this great show and they're getting all the content, and we've been talking about it quite a bit. I mean, it's no secret what, what's going on here. So. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, and it was, I mean, we had 120 votes came in. So that's a sizable, you know, it's not, you know, the Democratic presidential poll. It's not all San Diego County? No, not all of it, but it's a pretty (laughs) substantial. I mean, once you get past 100, that kind of gives you a good representation of what's out there. Maybe those 45%, they're they're sleeping right now. So you're just talking to the people that agree with you at this hour. No, I just find it, I'm more fascinated by that part of it than than anything else. Because I thought it would be like 70-30. That's what I would, exactly. No, I mean, with the numbers Melvin put up, and I think if we ran a similar poll for Drew Pomeranz, it would have been even closer because he has the all-star nod. Some people don't look at the three-year. They're looking at right now. Not saying I agree with them either, but I can see that. I would I get Pomeranz more than Upton. I, right. Controllable yeah. for several years. Left-handed reliever with, you know, that, that to Pomerantz me. Pomeranz was, was somebody I wanted to keep. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah you were on the, you were on the record of saying, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so Melvin's out of town. Andrew Kastner may or may not be next. We shall find out. Things will uh, unfold for sure as we approach uh, Monday and that trading deadline. Hey, guys, after the season, we want you to join the Padres in helping to create a world without cancer by participating in Padres Pedal the Cause, an annual cycling fundraiser November 12th and 13th, starting and ending at Petco Park. Anyone can ride, even kids. The event is much more than just a ride. Check out more details and learn how you can get involved at Go pedal.org. When we come back, the Padres are in Canada. Bob spent some time up in Canada in his playing days. We're going to find out what that was like. You don't want to miss it. This is Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Welcome back here, getting you set for that 937 first pitch. Out in Toronto, Rogers Center, the <laughs> first trip to Toronto for the Padres, Woo! and they're hoping to get a win. It would be a, a very tough first trip to come back having been swept. Uh, we were talking about the Melvin Upton trade, and Jesse Agler, who's up there in Toronto, Skyped in yesterday, actually tweeted this uh, cover of the Toronto Sun, whose uh, back page in the sports headline today was, Blue Jays make big trade for Justin Upton. Ooh, <laughs> wrong Upton. Roar back to win an extra innings versus No wonder Padres. they gave him such a standing uh, ovation last night. <laughs> hey, Bill, you're uh, you know, in the, the media print business. I yeah, mean, is an editor just, getting oh, just lambasted is, right now? The, the guy who wrote the <laughs> captions get, and yeah. the editors. The subhead and the copy editors uh, are, are on watch today. Just another today. reminder right. that hockey is the number That's one. That's true. Yeah, they're, the board, waiting right? for their, they're waiting for the Leafs <laughs> to come back quickly. Well, it's not in Toronto. It's been a long time <laughs> oh, since yeah. the Maple Leafs have yeah, done anything. True, true. Um, uh, Jellyman tweeting in, and this is, I think, what a lot of people were hung up on, that 45% that didn't like the Melvin Upton trade. The Melvin, not the Justin Upton <laughs> trade. To be clear, we know what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, Jellyman says, Please explain the financial part. Paying 75% of remaining salary, uh, again, I think having that, they're paying less than they would have anyway, but right. just ex- explain that a little bit further, I guess. Well, you're, it's a player that you, is not part of your future. It's a player that's taking space for the young guys that you want to get on the field and get the experience for, and so uh, along with some other things that we need, don't need to go into, but the point is you were stuck with that money anyway, so now you get a chance to save $5 million that you can put towards a different resource, uh, and you get the young pitcher back, right? Whether he turns into something or not, it's really more of, hey, let's let's make some room to get the guys in here that we need to have in here to play f- to make the run in 2020 that they're right. talking about. I thought Andy yesterday talked about it that 
you've got so many young outfielders, yeah. and they've got no place to go right now. Right. I mean, because you've got Kemp and Wright, who I don't think is tradable at all, and you've got Upton and left, and you've got to give them some create some room so they have an opportunity to show what they can do. Yeah. Even more important, moving forward, you you had to get to move them over the winter. Yeah, that's true. So now you get the, these guys, these opportunities, and yeah, you're paying. Yeah, you're still paying 17 million, but it's better than paying 22 million. Exactly. You're getting right. the extra yeah. five. Uh, Peggy Abbott tweeting in. Uh, I get long-term plan. Just hate that the player who brought some excitement to a losing team is gone. Now that's for sure. The home run robbing catches, right. the walk-off home runs. Get that. Totally get that's that. That's a tough loss. No, I, I understand fan that wants to enjoy Padres baseball for the rest of the season. On the other hand, I'm looking at it as fan gets a chance to watch the you know the young guys develop. I'm not having uh, any problem watching Alex Dickerson swing the bat right now, quite frankly. Absolutely. And, and I do want to go out and win every day. I mean, uh, to me, that's very important. No, you want to win. Of course. Yeah, right. But, I mean, you have to – you have to balance that with where are we going to be in two or three years. Yeah. And I don't think – no way Melvin Upton is here in two years. Not at all. So do it now and create room for these guys that you need to know if they can do it or not. Yeah. And I get it. It's a tough, it's a tough yeah. pill for a Padre fan to swallow. They've been swallowing it for 40 years. I get it. Um, but there is a plan. It, but yeah, this team wasn't plan, going anywhere, yeah. right? It's it, not like you're dismantling a team that was on a championship run right, right. now. Right, yeah. exactly, which A.J. Preller said yesterday. So, you know, it's not uh, – you know, Melvin's gone, and now that is something to deal with. But now we see the next step in the plan moving forward. Um, hey, Bob, I want to put you on the old Cholula hot seat here. Love it. You cool with that this early Absolutely. in the morning? Good. Yeah. Um, so I think it's you that's on the hot seat. <laughs> oh, I'm the, you guys in the shade are living large, and I'm here in the sun baking, and I'm already a big sweater you know, in the first place. he's busting out a sweat, and here's the two yeah. old guys. Guys on the yeah. couch that had donuts, by the way, right. I might add. I mean, <laughs> and it's fine, right? Spent time in uh, Louisiana. In there the you summer. go, yeah. Oof. Hottest place on earth. Oh, <laughs> Louisiana place. in the summertime. Right. Bob and Bill, Louisiana. True Detective <laughs> Season 3. Um, all right, so the Padres obviously in Canada, in Toronto for the first time ever. Not in Canada, back when the Expos used to be in the league. Uh, but, Bob, you played there 2001 for the Expos, and you, were, you weren't there the whole season. You were up in May. Right. You went back down back in September, so a lot of back and forth. Yeah. So I'm wondering, a lot of people think, oh, it's just another city in the big leagues, but as we learned yesterday with Melvin Upton having to go back to Lewiston, New York to get his work visa yeah. to go back and be a Blue Jay now, you know, it's a lot of little things that I'm sure people don't realize. Customs, taxes. Uh, when you played, I'm sure long-distance calling, you couldn't, like, Skype somebody. What were some of the things that people... <laughs> We had the old rotary phones yeah, back exactly. when I was in Montreal. <laughs> Tell me it's not true. You didn't have Wi-Fi to be making your calls and I stuff. I did have a cell phone, believe it or not. All right. It's this big. All right. right? See, it's still. <laughs> so tell us, what was it like playing in Canada? What are some <laughs> things people may not realize that you had to and still have to as a current athlete deal with north of the border? You know, it was a beautiful country, very clean, loved playing there. You could hop on the subway system, feel safe. Family was always safe there. Toronto and Montreal, two very different cities. Toronto was more Americanized. You didn't feel like you were in a different country right. necessarily. In Montreal, man, if you didn't speak French, <laughs> you <laughs> were getting wore out. Yeah. It was very difficult to order pancakes in the morning in Mont Montreal. Super nice people. And actually, I had an interesting experience. During 9-11, I was actually with the Expos at that time. Mm. When we, we were in Florida when it all went down. When we came back to Montreal, it was one of the most heartwarming experiences I'd ever had. So all the, all the people that were giving us a hard time earlier because we didn't speak French, American flags everywhere, people giving us hugs. Uh, there was there I, I felt so embraced as an American by the Canadian people, and I was forever grateful for that. Um, so it, they, they are our allies. They are our friends as far as playing baseball up there. The, the biggest 
drawback, I think, is the tax issue. And right. that's what players really struggle with, the fact that you're going to be paying that many more taxes. Um, but as far as people loving baseball, they love it up there. Toronto has a great following for and baseball. And you're paid in American dollars. You're right? paid in American dollars, yeah. yeah. But you're taxed at a Canadian rate, right. Right? which is a lot higher than an American rate because of yep. universal health care and a bunch of other issues like right, that right. that they have up there. Uh, that's interesting. Were you taxed differently for games that were played in the U.S. versus games that were played at home? Yeah, and you get taxed everywhere. And so actually what was interesting – all the cities didn't do that, Bill. I don't know if you remember this whole right. controversy. But oh, yes. We used to travel around. We'd pay our state taxes. Then all of a sudden, all the cities realized, hey, you <laughs> Wait know a what? Minute. We've got all these high-income guys coming in here, and we can tax them. and It'll pay for all of our snow plows and everything else that we have, right? So they went retroactively, and they started back taxing guys five years with penalties. Now, that's not cool. Moving oh, it forward, I get uncool. it, but that is right. not cool yeah. going backwards. And so that was one where the Players Association actually stepped up, and we had a, a big lawsuit to try to say, hey, look, we understand you guys are going to start taxing moving forward. But anyway, don't want to get into too, too big of a, of a you know, tax issue here. But it, it is interesting aspect the players have to deal with. But for the most part, uh, playing up there was fun. And St. Catherine Street in Montreal, not a better street to go out and have a – have a fight of dinner at. Yes. Oh, Bill's got an <laughs> ear-to-ear grin. What are these Bill After Hours St. Catherine Street stories? That's a great street. <laughs> <laughs> just for the food, though, right, Bill? Yeah, exactly for yeah. the food. Great cuisine. Wow, oh, yeah. man. Well, uh, man, we're going to put Bill on the hot seat for his uh, travel log one day up in Montreal. Sounds like he put in It was some funny. Hours. When you mentioned Montreal, the first thing that came to my mind was St. Catherine Street. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is. I mean, it's a great city. I've been there myself. You guys yeah. obviously have. Uh, if you haven't been to Montreal, we told you yesterday, go to Toronto. Yeah. While you're up there making a trip, they're not, you know, that close together, but uh, make it a nice little itinerary. All right, Bob, thanks for jumping on the Cholula Hot Seat. Uncap real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. Uh, a couple notes we do want to mention as well, by the way, uh, for today. Uh, so, Harris Salarte uh, is on uh, family leave list, so the Padres had to actually make two moves, speaking of getting guys through customs and north of the border. Uh, so, Alexi Amarista recalled, and Buddy Bauman as well from El Paso. Uh, they were already short a man after the Melvin Upton trade. Now at the Solarte spot, needed two holes filled, so they did that. Um, Buddy Bauman, you see him see him being a, a big help today, or were you going to ask something? He's getting help. You know, I was just thinking about the whole customs thing, too. That was another fun thing about playing in Montreal. Right. You know how they haze the rookies? Yeah. It's, there's nothing better than dressing up the rookies and whatever the outfit is going to oh be. Oh, my gosh. And sending them through customs. customs. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's the no, best. No, no, it's no. the best. Yeah. What was the craziest outfit you saw that got held up at the airport or at the border? Oh, there were some that were a little risque when guys were dressed up like ladies of the night or Hooters girls and, th and that type of thing. So uh, When know. they were ready for that St. Catherine yeah, Street wardrobe. Yeah, yeah but then at the at airport. These, uh, six <laughs> four guys wearing heels and some uh, lingerie. Oh, so oh, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of guys coming and going, uh, Darren Balsley has – Bill, you tweeted this yesterday. He's been out with a, a, a voluntary surgical procedure on his left hand, has right. not been with the team the last couple of days. We'll be back Friday, so we're wishing uh, Balls a, a big recovery and to see him in a couple of days right. here as well. Right, flew back to San Diego to have the yeah. surgery. Yep. Yeah, so there's uh, your news and notes. better, Balls. Yeah. All right, so when we come back, we're going to take a little trip ourselves down on the farm. So get excited for that, taking a look at some of the best-performing Padres prospects of the last week. We do want to let you know that when the Padres are back in town, though, it's also the next baseball night in San Diego. That's Saturday when the Padres face the Reds at 540. All fans in attendance will receive a pair of SD earbuds presented by United Airlines. Get your tickets at Padres.com. We're heading down on the farm. You don't want to miss it. Join us when we come back. This is Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. 
Welcome back here in the AMR studio. 9.37, first pitch. Luis Perdomo, R.A. Dickey, as the Padres finish up that eternal-seeming road trip. Uh, St. Louis, D.C., Toronto. They get a day off tomorrow, and then they're back here for uh, three series here in San Diego. Um, all right, so with all the trades and everything yesterday, a lot of people were already looking toward the future, and we actually uh, got this tweet, or someone got a tweet from Ray <laughs> Peterson, who's a fan, and uh, Wayne Bartello, our CMO, uh, actually tweeted back at Ray. Ray was asking, when are you guys going to start dedicating some time and some content to uh, the Padres minor leaguers, to the system moving forward? And so uh, Wayne happily reminded oh, Ray, <laughs> <laughs> there is a daily blog by Bill. You write it online at Firewire. There's Weekly segments on Padres Social Hour. Uh, there's the, on the video board during the game here, every game at home, and a highlight blog. More to come for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we give a little shine to the guys uh, down on the farm, including that weekly segment, the aforementioned here on Padres Social Hour. Blooper, play that music. <laughs> Time to go down on the farm with Farmer Bill. I like that. Scans, I like that. Scanning with the dance. All right, so uh, Bill, uh, you put this out, and this will be up on Friarwire today for anyone right. who wants a little bit more of an in-depth look. But let's highlight a couple of guys now, and this is brought to you by Pacifico. And let's start uh, in AAA, where Tyler Lindsay did something that no one in Chihuahua's history has ever done last week. Right. It didn't take them as long as it took the Padres. Slightly shorter right. amount of time. Taylor Lindsay got the cycle and uh, for El Pat. And he's a very interesting player. They, he came over in the uh, Houston Street trade, and he was, one of the, he was one of the leading prospects in the Angels system. And he struggled for a year and a half in the Padres system. And in fact, he struggled, was struggling again this year. They promoted him to AAA, and he's taken off. And it's, it's, I've seen it before, and I've never quite understand how that works. You know, sometimes, Bill, it has to do with, especially for hitters, the fact that you're facing pitching that actually is better at locating the ball where they want to. So in double-A right now, it is very difficult to hit in double-A. A lot of teams are stacking their top arms in double-A. Right. So you're facing the guys that have the 96 to 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. They're not quite controlling it yet. So there's still a chance that you're going to take one in the coconut, right? Right. But once you get to AAA, you're facing guys that they're in the strike zone a lot more. And actually, some hitters say that it's easier to hit AAA in the big leagues than it is at AA in the lower levels. That's like playing poker almost, where if you're playing a guy who doesn't know what he's doing, right. you're unpredictable. So that's right. a tougher guy to beat than a guy who would play more traditionally. Yep. Uh, also, playing in the PCL, I'm sure, helps and some of these better hitter ballparks. Right. But, he, yeah. but he's been driving the ball. In the p I mean, it's, yeah. it's a totally different. Taylor Lindsay than yeah. it was before. And sometimes there's a psychological thing, too, where you just feel like, I'm in a rut, I'm stuck, right. what am I going to have to do to get out of this? And all of a sudden, you get a chance to bust through, and they put you at a higher level, and you feel just internally, look, I've got to step up my game now to be here. This is where I want to be. Here's my chance to do it. All right, step up or shut That's up, and he's getting it done. And congrats, Taylor Lindsay, on that first cycle in Chihuahua's history. Let's keep this thing moving along. Now let's head down, down, down. Yeah, head down. Still the morning. Head down to Double A, where Kyle Lloyd had a great start last week, and he's got an ERA right around two for the month of July. Right, he's the fourth lowest uh, ERA in uh, the Texas League in July. This is another. This is another player who's been coming along. Had seven shutout innings last week. Has had really good starts for the last month, and all he's. He's one of those guys who's put himself on the radar, Kyle Lloyd. Yeah, not an easy place to pitch either. That is a hitter's league. It's hot. The ball flies in that league. And it was kind of interesting looking at that picture that they showed before that. The still of him looked like he had a split-finger grip going. Right. Uh, but this is where guys can start putting themselves on the map. 
uh, and he's certainly getting it done in a league where it's not easy to pitch. And at 6'4", 220, a pretty good frame. We just talked about Hansel Rodriguez coming in at 6'2", 170 yesterday, <laughs> the guy coming back in the Melvin Upton trade. You talk about projectable frame, a Kyle Lloyd, that's someone once you fill out that you are looking for. Uh, Edwin Moreno in Lake Elsinore, by the way, Bill, or right. you have something else to add to Kyle Lloyd? Edwin Moreno, uh, in fact, Lake Elsinore has uh, won uh, nine of the On last fire. 11 games. Nice. They've climbed to the top of the Southern Division for the second half. And in those 11 games, Edwin Moreno uh, hit safely in 10 of those games, wow. 16 for 44, with four doubles, three triples, four home runs, and 15 RBIs Woo. in 11 games. I think that's, that's pretty good, bad. right? That's not bad. I think bad. that's pretty good. That's uh, a so nice Edwin couple Moreno. months right there at work. <laughs> yeah, for let, nice, alone, nice <laughs> let alone for 10 games. Uh, so that's Edwin and Lake Elsinore, both hot. And the last guy we want to touch on briefly, uh, Cal Quantrill, the number right. one draft number pick. Number one draft pick. He's figuring it out. Right. Well, remember, he didn't pitch at all in college this year because he was rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Last outing, four, four innings, four perfect innings. Nobody got on base. Uh, four strikeouts, seven ground balls, one fly ball. You know, it was interesting also seeing Giolito pitch for the Washington Nationals. He was the number one pick formerly, and they knew that he had elbow problems as well. Right. Point is, we're seeing teams understanding, look, they're going to take the chance. If you've got a guy with a good arm and knows how to pitch, they're going to take. They're going to roll the dice on reconstructing those elbows and, and hope for the best. Emphasis on knows how to pitch. Right. Uh, which Cal is, does. Which Cal does. Yeah, he's got that pedigree. Uh, his first ten professional innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, zero walks. That's an encouraging stat no matter what level you're pitching right. at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they work him in in terms of how many innings they're going to allow him to throw. So now for the next two or three years probably, you've got to handle him a little right. bit with L kit gloves to make right. sure yeah, that everything Yeah, to make it pay off down the line. Interesting right. that they've already moved Eric Lauer from their, their third first-round draft pick from uh, – Arizona Rookie League to short yeah. season. Well, he already. said he wanted to pitch here at Petco Park next year already. So I he's on that self-imposed fast can track. Move quick, they can. Right? All right. Uh, for the rest of the guys, and a deeper look at the ones we already discussed, head to uh, Padres.com/slash Friarwire later today, and that'll be up for you to enjoy all that uh, minor league content that you can Tons get your it. hands on now. Yeah, great job, on the rest of the season. Thank you. All right. Thanks, that's down on the farm with Bill. Brought to you by Pacifico, a rich lager born in Mazatlan, brought home by surfers, now waiting to be discovered by you. Discover Pacifico. We'll discover for today's starting lineup and take a Bill versus Blue for head-to-head -head challenge. Ooh. We're back for that <laughs> right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Time now to take a look at today's lineup, and it's brought to you here in the AMR studio by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. It's a wacky one today, guys, with uh, Solarte away and Melvin Upton traded. Here's what you got. Travis Jankowski in center field. Will Myers in right field starting today. Matt Kemp DHing for the first time this series with Alex Babe Ruth Dickerson batting cleanup in left. Ryan Schimpf right behind him at second base. Christian Bethencourt catching. Alexei Ramirez at shortstop. Brett Wallace playing first base and Adam Rosales at third. So a lot of moving parts today. Should be a very interesting lineup to see against R.A. Dickey. Takes us now to our Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. Yesterday, Mike Grace picked Alex Dickerson, who extended that franchise best home run streak to 24 straight games and three straight for him individually. They get the point. Bloopers' lead is now 53-38, down to just 15. Bill, you get first pick today. Who you got? I'm going to take Kemp in the position he should be playing in the American League. Hmm. There you go. Unfortunately, uh, he's coming back to National League Ballpark this right. weekend. But stick, for though. today, yeah. yeah, he's got the DH spot. Blooper, who you got? I'm going to stick with Dickerson. He's hot. One he is. 
He's got three in a row. He went super upper tank a couple days ago. Uh, the picture the Padres tweeted out yesterday with him and McGuire, who also went fifth deck uh, in left field 20 years ago to the day. Cool. It was awesome seeing the two of them. So uh, Kemp versus Dickerson in today's Supercuts head-to-head challenge. We'll see uh, if Bill can pull off the win on blooper. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail, the cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. We're back to wrap things up on this Wednesday morning social hour. You don't want to miss it. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Tomorrow, a little more to my liking. We're on at noon on an off-day edition. Bill, you'll be joining me with Mike Grace, uh, but thanks both of you guys for coming in early today. Much appreciated. Um, the fruit will still be here. I'll take it home <laughs> if you guys don't want this delicious, nutritious fare. Uh, no, hey, the bananas. You, you, take, you peel away the skin and throw away the bone. You got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, why don't I get your opinion? Because this just came out while we were in commercial break. The Marlins, we just had the All-Star game here. They just unveiled their logo for next year. They're the ones hosting it. We're taking a look at it now. What do you guys think of that, uh, of that look? I think they're lucky that the MasterCard symbol actually matches the colors <laughs> of their logo perfectly. <laughs> so that really worked out nice. Nicely formed, didn't it? Nice looks corporate synergy. Like <laughs> looks a little bit like Patrick on SpongeBob. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> they got their colors Bill in there. always finds a way to connect the SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, Blooper's point during the break was that, what you say, Blooper, you were kind of surprised, right? Yeah, it's a little subdued for a team that has a, uh, a very funky look. Figured maybe yeah. a, some moving parts in the logo or something, knowing how the Marlins Dolphins, go. Super yeah, yeah jumping dolphins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe for tomorrow we can talk about this, Bill, because I was thinking about that structure plus the hotel in Rogers Center, what some of the funkier center field fixtures are in Major League Baseball. Wow, that hotel center field. Remember what happened up there the first time they opened it up? Yeah. Newlywed couple? Yes. Oh, guys, sorry, we're out of time. we got to cut that story <laughs> off before it gets to any of the payoff. Um, all right, I'm going to enjoy these apples because none of you guys want them, but thank you very much for joining Always us fun, this Mike. morning. And thanks to you guys for watching us. Padres and Blue Jays wrapping it up right after this. Thanks for watching Social Hour. See ya.